Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Trees and A Podcast Club. I'm your host Jess and this week I'm going to be recapping and reviewing an episode of Alan Carr's Life's a Beach. Okay, this is a public service announcement to all listeners. I've got a bit of a cold, I think. I'm breathing really heavily. I've just recorded the entire show. And I had to delete it because all you could hear was me breathing and it was making me sick. I'm going to listen back to this clip quickly just to see if it's the same. But I'm also going to leave it in because if someone else hears it, oh my God, this is going to make you subconsciously hear it. Okay, forget it. Five years later. I'm sitting still and I sound out of breath. Wow. Okay, well, we've got a podcast to record, so guess we're doing it. I'm going to start by categorising this podcast because I don't know what category it really does fall into. I'm going to say it's a travel show because it's about travelling, but it's also a comedy podcast because it is Alan Card and he is UK comedy royalty. So obviously he's one of these celebrities with a back catalogue of incredibly famous mates. He interviews them on this show from Robbie Williams, Jonathan Ross, Michael Sheen, and in this episode, Russell Howard, who obviously is also a comedian. Every week, Alan takes his guests on an imaginary trip in his imaginary plane and they discuss the dream holidays, amazing ones that have gone by, the favourite places to visit, their best tips and the bougiest of experiences. I love travelling, so this show is perfect for me, hearing all about the wonderful places that I've still got left to visit and some that I've already been lucky enough to experience too. The show's pretty much the same or similar, with questions on a weekly basis being in line with one another, so it's quite an easy one to cover. I like things that have a structure, because my life is crazy and erratic existence, so it's nice to have some structure sometimes. Before I get into the show, we are on episode 12 of the Tuesday Night Podcast Club, and I do not know how I got here so quickly. Every time I see on my download to go up by one, I literally get so happy, and since we're doing a travel-inspired show this week, I have had a little look on the locations of my listens, and I can safely say... I don't know anyone in Richardson, USA or Brussels, Belgium. However, I can say that people have downloaded every single episode in both. So that just blew my mind today and made me so, so happy that I have that sort of reach so soon. I'd love you to get in touch if that is you so I can send you some Tuesday Night Podcast Club stickers for following along so far. I also would love to hear where else you're all listening from across the world. There's some insane countries on the location insight, so please do get in touch. I know that other locations have had people who've downloaded every episode too. Those locations just kind of shocked me today, so I was like, let's do that shout out today. But obviously I do know you're listening elsewhere too, so please get in touch and tell me where else you're listening from. 
Now let's get into this week's episode. So obviously I've already mentioned but the guest on this week's episode is the amazing comedian Russell Howard. The first thing that the host and guest actually talk about is the experience of getting on a plane and travelling to and from destinations. They talk about how they feel like when they watch any in-flight entertainment they're somewhat more reactive to it either like crying more at emotional things or laughing more at comedy than they would on the ground. So Russell thinks it's something to do with the altitude and Alan thinks it's the free alcohol. I actually get what they mean because a couple of years ago me and my Kate went to Mexico, one of our favourite places, and watched the sitcom Friday Night Dinner for the first time. Obviously it's a flight to the zone, like four random episodes from season four or whatever, but I have never laughed so much in my life. I had to make Kate watch it too because I wasn't going to be the only one crying in stitches on the plane with zero alcohol because someone actually told me years before that that in the sky one drink is the equivalent to like three on the ground or something because of the altitude so like you get very very drunk. Also I'm not that keen on being drunk on the plane anyway it's not really the fun time vibes I'm after when I have a bevy. Anyway obviously Alan doesn't confirm or deny what causes it so I have done a little bit of side googling as usual. The only thing that I can find about the altitude affecting our moods or emotions, it just says about it making us grumpy, nauseous or restless. And I mean, because I guess that if you've ever been on a flight, you know that 10 minutes in, you're checking the time or you're in flight map wanting to get off. So no shit, Sherlock. But the alcohol fact I heard is somewhat right. So apparently the barometric pressure in the cabin of a plane is lower than that on the ground. So it makes it harder for our bodies to absorb the oxygen into our tissue, making us a bit lightheaded and appear and feel drunker than the same amount of alcohol on the ground. Also, when you're drinking, you only have like two of your usual six to seven REM cycles. So you wake up a lot groggier, add to that lower oxygen and you've got yourself a mid-flight hangover. No one wants that, guys. And also, I think it's, I just can't get at that working class thing as well, you know, being on a plane and then, you know, being, a, you know, having free drink, you know, yeah. not having to pay for drinks. Yeah. Oh, but you should never lose that, eh? So I felt like I just needed to add that soundbite in because it's just actually really humbling when you hear, like, celebrities who've obviously got quite a lot of wealth and even just, like, get a lot of freebies and stuff because of the status staying so humble and still being so overwhelmed by like the fancy things they get to experience because I think I could become a millionaire and still be so impressed by everyone because if you have a dishwasher in your house like I think you're super posh so to me everyone's posh anyway let's get into the questions the first one that Alan asks is again one that he asks all his guests what is the most ridiculous thing that Russell has ever done, place he's stayed or experience he's had? No money spared, the more disgusting the over-the-top privilege, the better. And we'd all be lying if we didn't want to wear this. We've all dreamt of the Bora Bora water bungalows or the crystal seas of the French Polynesia, private jets or helicopter bird's-eye views of some of the world's wonders. So, of course, we want to know how the other half live, envious or not. Some of the answers are bougie as hell. 
but Russell still keeps it relatively down to earth by telling us that he flew his entire family to Spain by a private jet and even took his doggy. Now, we all know when we have the dogs, and in fact, I now believe all dogs should qualify for lifetime free private or first class travel, but it's actually just so bougie that his dog got to go on a private jet and I am actually jealous of a dog now because I want to try I want to travel first a class but I'm not gonna be jealous of the doggy live your best life dude I can deal with the easy jets as long as I'm going to somewhere new and fabulous on the other side but that's actually really cute because I imagine that's something that when you're young like you imagine making it big and something and being able to provide for your family in that sort of way so to actually have been able to do it must have been amazing for him and his family Another thing he talks about is going on safari. So this actually is a dream of mine. I'd love to do a safari maybe in South Africa. I love animals, obviously. And to be able to see like gorgeous wildlife in its natural environment instead of in a zoo would be unreal. Russell luckily did get to do that. And obviously he talks about how fabulous it was. But he also does say how you do have that moment of like horrific realisation that you're sitting face to face with like lions and stuff with no real means of like blocking or escaping them if they did decide that you were today's lunch meat from your windowless jungle jeep. Good luck. That you can swim with turtles. I didn't do it because I felt sorry for them because it's like, A, they're not exactly... You know, I don't want to upset any turtleists, but they're not exactly exciting, are they? Like a dolphin, I get it. You know, they're yeah, kind of yeah, but like, yeah, it's a sort of turtle feels a bit like having a bath with your nan. The next question that Alan asks all of his guests is, "Where did you go on holiday when you were a kid?" I think that Russell and Alan's generation, being a little bit older than me, have more of like holiday destination set in stone back then it was a bit more common I know that when my mum was young they always went to the same part of Mallorca as a kid and when she was like a teen with me nan and granddad and then as she got older she always went to like the same parts of Greece every year I don't know if that's like a comfort and safety thing or more than likely a cost thing but there wasn't like endless trip advisor reviews and the internet to trawl through to you just sort of like turns up somewhere after booking from a catalogue or the teletext and hope for the best if it was nice I can see how to save the hassle you probably would just go there every year I mean don't get me wrong I have go-to destinations that I love and frequently visit but I don't really feel like as a kid I went to the same place every year not in like a spoiled oh we went everywhere way but just like places became more accessible and like you could see more like variations of hotels and stuff to visit and different resorts you didn't necessarily have to stick to the same places anymore I did go to like holiday parks in the UK a couple of times like Prest Haven Sands in North Wales not far from Liverpool and stuff but I only started going to the same places repeatedly as I got older and formed like my own personal connections with my favourite places so Russell tells us that when he was a kid, he'd go to Bournemouth quite a lot with his family for some holidays. Now he's from the south of England, which does tend to have like better beaches and nicer weather in the summer. So his experience of English holidays will be a lot different to my northern experience. My mum does not do motorways, so she was not driving us anywhere near the south. And has anyone seen the prices of trains in the UK? It's actually cheaper to fly abroad. 
So my damp New Brighton days will be a far cry from how I'm sure lovely the south coast of England was. However, he does say that when he turned eight, they did go to Bournemouth for the week and it rained the entire time. And that caused his dad to declare his week off was no longer being spent in the UK. And they started going to Lanzarote every year after that. I've never been to Lanzarote myself, but I have been to other Canary Islands and they are so beautiful and tend to stay warm all year. So it's definitely an ideal holiday spot. Another holiday from his younger years that Russell talks about is a lad's holiday to Magaluf. It's sort of an English rite of passage along with other European hotspots like Ibiza, Ayanapa, Zanti and the like. He talks about it being the best for all the wrong reasons. Vile hotel, greasy English breakfast, drinking alcohol out of buckets. Everything you can imagine when you watch the Inbetweeners movie. He was greeted at the airport by a man dressed as a peanut butter M&M and he'd taken to a bus where techno was blaring. Again, all booked through the teletext and I can't think of a better way to spend your first holiday with your mates. I've had so many of these holidays and I've done a couple of seasons working in the Spanish party resorts. I loved every last second of the wild experiences and I can concur that Russell is right. It's the best for all the worst reasons and I wish I could be 19 doing it all over again right now. Especially after not travelled for nearly three years. But the one downside to Russell's entire MAGA anecdote comes right at the end when he throws in that he dyed his hair bright blue in order to stand out and pull girls. I don't know who needs to hear this, but blue hair is not a personality trait. Now, luckily for Russell, he does have the personality to make up for the blue hair faux pas. Don't worry, he does also say that it was a mistake. But I can just see them now rocking down the strip, blue-haired and ready for seven days of non-stop partying. 18-year-old me would have loved the party. 26-year-old me just wants to pull the duvet back over my head and go to sleep. Sort of just drinking from a bucket with people with but but with people you love and kind of eating pizza and it, you're all a bit sweaty and yeah. I, I loved it as well so the last question alan asks every one of his guests is have you ever holidayed with a celebrity this is always where it gets exciting for the insider scoop on celeb friendships russell says that the closest he's ever come on holiday with a celebrity is when he went to see his friend, the singer James Bay, in Barcelona, live in concert with Ed Sheeran. He hung around with them both over there. He says it was only for the day, not an entire holiday, but I'd be telling everyone this story. If I see a celebrity, I've met them, okay? So, hanging around with Ed Sheeran for the day in Barca is a story for the headlines, in my opinion. To finish off every week's show or flight, as Alan puts it. He does a quick fire round, and it goes something like this. Mint tea or mojito? Russell goes for mojito, and so do I every time. First aid kit or first aid shit? Russell goes shit, as in fuck it. I'm a warrior, I'm taking the mozzie spray and the paracetamol. St. Ives or St. Lucia? Soz England, me and Russ will both be choosing Lucia. Keep your pasty, I want the sunshine. Nudist or not on your nelly? I'm alright for that, and so is he. And finally, tip him or fuck him? Obviously, the answer is always 
Tipham. So to wrap up this week's episode, I am going to give this show a five for Go Binge Now. I absolutely love to travel and talking about and hearing other people's experiences, especially those deluxe experiences of our favourite celebrities. And where Alan's involved, you're always sure for a laugh along the way. Thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. You can follow the show on Instagram at Tuesday Night Pod or email Tuesday Night Podcast Club at gmail.com for comments, complaints, suggestions or queries. See you next week. Bye.